This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Morning. We are in Genesis chapter four, verse 16. And just chapter four, verse 16 is a, it's an exploration. And I think it's an exploration into what happens when a group of people, when a family, and it's a long family line, leave out of the presence of God and they, and they do what they're going to do because they've chosen to do what they want in their own heart. It is a little bit, it is a little bit negative, a little bit depressing, but it is a, it is an important look at how God, how the absence of God affects a family. It is, it is the story of Cain and his family. Now, <clears throat> oftentimes I've heard in the past, not in the recent past, it usually was in, a, in the long uh, past ago, that the curse of Cain was that his skin was turned dark. That was that, and that's foolishness, and that that the people who have dark skin come from him. That is a, a racist, but it's also a counterfactual. It's not against. It's, it's factually incorrect because all that we know on the earth do not come from the line of Cain. Cain and his whole family died in the flood. So when we study this passage, we realize that the group of people that we're talking about are a group of people that have been long gone. They're long gone out of the presence of God, and they're long gone out of the presence of the world because the flood killed all the descendants of Cain. But I think it's a very good story to study and to look at because we need to see what happens in the world uh, when a family decides to leave the presence of God. And ultimately, that's what Cain did. Cain knew God himself personally. He had a relationship with God. He knew what God desired, but he decided to do things his own way. He decided to walk in his own will rather than walk in the will of the Father. And when he did that, its effect changed the course of his life, obviously, but it changed the course of the life of the rest of his family. And it set that family on a course toward destruction. It says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Notice that's an important phrase. It is it is a sad phrase. It is a it is a devastating phrase. How many of y'all know somebody who chased after God for a while, for maybe a season, for a short period of time, or maybe even for a few years, and then all of a sudden they did something happened. Maybe it happened with a relationship in the church. Maybe it happened in their life, a lifestyle change, a change in the circumstances in which they lived. And then all of a sudden they are no longer, they're no longer in church. They're no longer chasing after God. They're no longer walking in a relationship with God. You can quite obviously by their life and by who they are tell that they lost their way 
and they're no longer they're no longer in the presence of God at all. That is what happened to Cain. Now you say well, Cain was a murderer and he deserved it. You need to understand that when whenever you start pointing that finger at someone using the law, and that's what you were doing, you're saying that G, that he broke the commandment, "Thou shalt not commit murder." You got to remember the teaching of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, where he explained that the action of murder is just a result of the sin of murder that's in your heart. And uh, if you've hated someone, then as far as God's concerned, murder is in your heart. If you've lusted sexual immoralities in your heart, if you've, if you've borne deceit in your heart, then you're a liar in your heart. If, you, if you've loved with everything that you have that's not God, then you're an idolater in your heart. And understanding that helps you not point that finger of the law at someone. It helps you identify, sure, the things that are destroying someone's life. But but when you're not pointing the law and using the law against someone, you're usually giving them grace and trying to figure out what's going on in their lives to help them. Remember, in the measure you measure it out to someone else, it's going to be measured back to you. And so I would always do my very best to not measure the law to someone, but to try to figure out even seeing the things in their life that are destructive to measure out grace as much as possible. Because when we measure out grace to others, we receive that grace back to ourselves. When we measure out grace to others, uh, God pours that grace back tenfold to us. And so it's important that you, that you see that. And when we read a line like this about Cain, we need not say Cain the murderer, but Cain the man. It says, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and he dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And you go, where is Nod today? Well, it's nowhere because the flood destroyed it. There, there's, not a, there's not a place called Nod, and there's a city that's going to be mentioned here that was built. It doesn't exist either. And, and that is a sad statement. The city where Cain went to doesn't exist, and the, and the city built by his descendants does not exist because sin utterly destroys not only the person, but it utterly destroys the legacy of the person. There is nothing left of Cain other than this story. He left the presence of God, and that usually leaves you, that leaves you totally cut off from God. It says that Cain left the presence of God, and I say that again and again. We don't need to point Cain the murderer left the presence of God because we all have hate in our heart. We all have a lust in our heart. We all have deceit in our heart. That's what Jesus said in that sermon. He's, but Cain left the presence of God, and that is a sad statement because Cain and his whole life will be no more, and his legacy will be no more because he left the presence of God, not because he committed murder, but because he left the presence of God, and he did not have to leave the presence of Don't leave the presence of God is what I would say to you. I'd say to you, don't leave the presence of God. No matter what the situation, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the disappointment, no matter what the failure is, don't leave the presence of God. Seek the presence of God. Find the presence of God. Because there's where hope and peace is. There's where life is found. And so he says, Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. And this is not Enoch that walked with God and was no more because, because he had a really close relationship. This is an Enoch that is the son of Cain, and really he's going to live a meaningless life. His life isn't mentioned in the Bible, but everything that he does is going to be washed away by a flood. It says, and he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. I'm sorry, and to Enoch 
was born Erod, and uh, Erod begot a Mahajuel, easy for me to say, and Methushel begot Lamech. And then Lamech took for himself two wives. Notice there's a line here. There's an extension. There's a continuation of who Cain is through his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And understanding the framework and the foundation that you lay with your children and your great-grandchildren and your, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, the foundation that you lay sets the course for their lives also. Notice that none of it says that they walked with God. None of that says that they knew God at all. In fact, it's quite clear that they don't know God. And in fact, the presence of God is absent from this line completely. In fact, it, it proves to be even worse than than his, his ancestor, Cain, because it says, then Lamech took for himself two wives. Notice the first time polygamy is mentioned in the Bible, but it says the name of one was Adah and the name of the other was Zillah, uh, and Adah bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in the tents and have livestock. Notice they're successful in the world. They're not unsuccessful. They're just not, they're just not any, anything left of them. The works of their hand are like a sandcastle on the side of the ocean and soon is washed away. Um, anything that's not done out of faith with walk, by walking with God has no legacy for itself. It soon perishes. How many times in our lives have we seen someone that's great by the world standards, who's accumulated great wealth and great power? How many times have we seen someone like that pass away and their wealth and their power and their influence be squandered and destroyed by their children and their grandchildren? Happens over and over in life. A legacy purely built by the world and built in the world soon passes from the face of the world, face of the earth. It soon goes away. It was one of the ancestors of Cain, and he had sons, and they did great things, but the world's going to slowly wash them away because anything that's not done of faith, not done within the kingdom of God, uh, eventually passes. It eventually becomes corrupted. It eventually is destroyed. Nothing in this world lasts forever except for the grace of God poured out on his people and the power of his kingdom and the presence of his kingdom on the earth. It said, he says that Abel bore Jabal, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock, and his brother's name was Jubal, and uh, he was the father of, that's like George Foreman naming all of his sons, uh, George. Apparently, Lamech liked the name Jabal or Jubal, but anyway, he was the father of those who play the harp and the flute. They're great musicians. They're great farmers, it says. And as for Zila, she also bore Tubal Cain an instructor in every craftsman of bronze and iron, meaning he was a great craftsman of bronze and iron. He was the first, he was the first worker of, of metals in the world. These were accomplished people. These were, these were important people. But the sin and the lack of the presence of God in the world ultimately brought about their destruction. It says, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Naaman. Now notice it goes into something here that is of great importance. It says, then Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zila, hear my voice. This is a song. It's a song. It's a song of sin. It's a, a song of the sword. It's the song of destruction. It's a song of, that reveals the true heart of the man. It says, Ada and Zila, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. If I say that to Kathleen, she's going to come back with some smart, quick tongue back at me. But apparently he's got something he wants to say that's of them utmost importance. He's making a pronouncement 
that culminates into the, the most important thing he's going to accomplish in his life. Not his sons, not who they've become, not his children, but what he's done here. He says, for I've killed a man for wounding me. What he's saying is somebody did something that hurt me. Somebody in some way moored me in, in, in voice or action. They in some way insulted me. And, and because they've done that, I killed him. Uh, notice, I killed him. And not only was he uh, a man, but he was a young man. And I destroyed his life for hurting me. He says, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Notice, Lamech saying that I'm 11 times worse than Cain. And I can't kill his brother because, because God liked his brother's sacrifice, accepted his brother's sacrifice and wouldn't sacrifice mine. I've just killed someone because they insulted me, because they in some way said something that I didn't like, said something that hurt my feelings. And so I've killed them. Not only have I killed them, but uh, I'm proud of them. I'm singing a song to my wives about it. I'm letting the, the whole world know that, uh, that I am one who is not to be messed with because I am a destroyer of men. That's what Lamech is saying here. Sounds that the spirit of death has not left the family. In fact, it hadn't left the family. The family has not come back into the presence of God. And if you're not in the presence of God, destruction's crouches at the door all the time. And that what he said to and then what he said to Cain, be careful when God did not accept his sacrifice. He warned Cain. He warned Cain. He said, be careful because sin waits right around the corner outside the door. And the minute you leave my presence, it's going to jump on you and it's going to drag you away and destroy you. And that's what Cain did. He left the presence of God and did his own will his own way. And when he did his own will his own way, he he lost everything that he had. And uh, life was gone. And he didn't have to continue to be out of the presence of God. He didn't have to do that, but he did. He left the presence of God and death and destruction followed shortly thereafter him. And it followed his family for generations to come. We're going to later find out that the sins of fathers passed to the second, third, fourth generation. It's passed down. Our actions and what we build, either either our, our legacy of hope and life to our family or their legacy of death and destruction for our family. And, and we need to know that. We need to understand that. It is a biblical principle. The world today is trying to wipe out those principles and try to act like they don't exist, but they do. The world's trying to act like uh, man's naturally good, and that if we'll just set the things up, the natural goodness of man will bring about a great a world to live in. But that's not true. The heart of man is replete with wickedness. We're born dead from the womb. And when we are born dead from the womb, we have to have life given to us. And that life's only given to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And if it's not lived out in your life, in many ways, there's it's more difficult for those to come after you. Now, God's always bringing a harvest of new people who come from families that did not know him. He's always searching out there in the world and bringing in folks who, who have not walked with him or their family has has been separated from him for a long time. He's always doing that. But I don't want for my family, I don't want for my legacy, I don't want for the people that come after me, for them to have to wander around and hope that God finds them out there in the world. I, I want to leave them a legacy of hope and a legacy of the knowledge of God and a legacy of the life uh, that is found in him. I want to leave that for them so that 
It's easily findable for them. It's easily right there before them. It's easily seen in their lives. I want to leave that legacy of hope and life for the for those who come after me. And I know you do too. This story that the actual generations of Cain here is a sad story and it's a sad end to a line and a legacy. Uh, Adam and Eve decided that they'd do their own thing in the garden and they lost that intimacy with God. And then their son killed one of their sons, first two sons killed the other one. And uh, the reason he killed him is because he didn't want to do things the way he wanted to do them. He wanted to do things the way the didn't want to do things the way God wanted him to do them. He wanted to do things the way he wanted to do them. And when he did that, he lost he lost that intimacy with God, and he intentionally left the presence of God. And so, as we think about today, as we go through this, we need to be thankful that we have a walk with God, and we need to be thankful that we have a legacy with Him, and we need to be thankful and be diligent about building that legacy. Be thankful and diligent about building the kingdom power that's within us and igniting it uh, by hearing from him, receiving his word, acting in faith, and because we believe him. And if we'll do that, if we'll build that legacy, life will life will be eternal, life will be everlasting, life will be fun and exciting, and uh, we'll enjoy uh, his presence and his power, and we'll leave hope for those who come after us. And ultimately, we want to both enjoy his presence today and have a legacy of hope that follows after us. And that's what we're doing. We're building hope and life in the world we live in. And we're living, leaving a legacy of that for those who come after. And I hope you're going to be in the business of doing that today. I'll do my very best to be that in that business also. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.